Do we have Dr. Ethan's dating corners this week? Oh my gosh, yeah. We got them for the next couple of weeks. Isn't it a great feeling? Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that sells free ebooks for $5. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. Just a little hint into our future marketing scheme for the podcast. But more importantly, We're... have you seen that Facebook group? It, it's popping. It's popping off. We have 102 members. I mean, 102? It's gone up it's, since last It's gone up. We're over 100, baby. Wow. That I'm was waiting. quick. I'm waiting for Ascension Press's call right now. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna come. They're gonna they're gonna knock down our door and be like, well, say, "I'm sorry, heard, we didn't realize you had a Facebook group." I'm sorry, we didn't realize you had 102 members in your Facebook group. All of that's which a lot. The, the most cool and attractive people. I know, and the only thing that you have to oh my gosh, the last person who posted that shout out Kate on our oh no this is on our patron patrons Ooh, always be plugging Ascension always be Press, plugging. Ascension Press is calling us. They say I heard you got a rocking patron group. All oh, these things are awesome. true. Ascension Press. Shout out, Kate. She just te- she just posted. Does anyone know of a good study guide or group discuss- discussion questions for the soul of the apostolate? It's not on the required reading list. I gotta fix that. You do. They're have to trying fix to read that. it. I did. I made a reading guide for the soul of the apostolate. You did. I did. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, but Sorry. I just never published. It. I did one for the catechism, and I did one for soul of the apostolate, and I was planning on making them into like, ebooks, e-books. For free for five dollars. Yeah, free for $5. <laughs> I would totally give it to Kate for free because she's a patron, obviously. Yeah, because yeah. when you're a patron of, of The Crunch on patreon.com slash The Crunch, you get hemorrhoids. I'm sorry. You get, <laughs> <laughs> you get, you get random Vine references. Uh-huh. You, get, you, get, you get random <laughs> rewards. It's like, it's like a slot machine. Yes. You just keep putting money in. You don't know what you're going to get out, and, and, and the slot and machine m- always makes more than you do. And more often than not, you get nothing. <laughs> more <laughs> we love patreon.com this is what we were talking about it's like so our patrons are so great because they just support us just to like support us which Mm -hmm. which makes me feel so so good it makes me feel it's like authentic relationships for the first time in my life i have self-worth because people online (laughs) are giving me money my therapist told me that i need to keep the patreon open for my own sanity (laughs) yikes you need to Uh, she said she said the patreon page the patreon facebook page is my only support network and without it i will collapse in on myself like a dying star so uh, if you if you're hearing all this and you're like what are they talking about patreon.com slash your crunch if you want to support us and get exclusive free five dollar ebooks uh if you want to join the other group the general group for people you don't have to be a patron to join it but you can be a friend of ours it's yeah. facebook.com slash groups slash the crunch cast join that it'll be it's great, great. we're gonna great get to, to start the we're gonna get to 200 by the end of the week that's what I, I yeah mean, we are i mean that's if you're that's listening to this right now and you're in the car pull over <laughs> unblock facebook on your phone log in join the group reblock yeah. facebook on your phone and then keep driving to wendy's and don't stop. someone suggested other uh social media pages for us to use like Such as? uh parlor what the heck is parlor uh, I looked it up. It's like an alternative uh, social media page. But then I looked into it and I found out that it's just saturated with QAnon uh, conspiracy theorists. And so I was like, let's uh, let's not uh, do that. You wouldn't put your lamp under a bushel battric. Uh, under a, a bushel battric? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Why? 
we gotta let our light shine before men, so we gotta go into the QAnon world. We Meaning gotta... Mark Zuckerberg. Anyway, how's it been going? How's your week? It's what is it? Today's December tenth. Breaking yeah. the breaking the the mystery of what yeah, breaking breaking the, the evergreen on. content of yeah, it's December tenth, twenty twenty. How you doing? Uh, How are you holding up? How is that Christmas creep? Oh, it's 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 good. We we're 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 gearing up for a, a Advent XLT night tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Gonna gonna do praise and worship and adoration with my parish. It's gonna be great. You're gonna put I, all of your youth group students into an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> an XLT. Oh, that night. would be that would be an XLS night. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Dot XLS night. Um, it's yeah. Well, I mean, my my teens really enjoy when we do uh adoration and praise and worship at retreats and i was like hey would you guys like to do this with the parish and they were like yes absolutely and i was like you guys are so you guys are so great and so we did i put i put it out to the we got the, the middle school our middle school director is going to be doing the talk father anthony's going to be presiding and i'm going to be doing music which means it's great for the parish bottom line because we're doing an xlt night for free <laughs> it's all staff so you're not you're doing you're playing music yeah like yeah like you're with like a guitar no copyright music okay. yeah i got i got my i got my guitar in the corner there what are you gonna sing uh so the set list includes classics like build my life the way uh way maker which I, maybe i shouldn't do both of those uh one of my favorites which is called flame of fire rushing wind which is a really solid sort of like bridge song that bridges two songs together mm-hmm. uh closer we're going to do Lord, I Need You, which is a classic. How um, long is this night? That's like 10 can, songs. They're all really short. Oh, okay. Are you yeah, doing, there are a lot of are you doing Reckless Love? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying you, to introduce. But Patrick, have you heard of Reckless Love? Yeah, I also remember the summer of 2018. It was great, Whoa. but it's over now. Is there a new song that everybody's into now? No, because there were no youth conferences for the past nine months. <laughs> That's true. That's how it works. But yeah, also also it's uh it's it's two hours, but praise and worship is gonna encompass like maybe forty five minutes of those two hours. Mm-hmm. So there's like caps that like ten minutes beginning and end. You don't need to know how to I know. I mean I've, I've plan an XLT. I've, oh, okay. I've done I've done one. <laughs> nice. But Sick. I'm really excited. It's the first one that our parish has done in a while and a lot of the a lot of the parishioners go down to Steubenville. Mm-hmm. to go to the festivals of praise oh yeah and so i told them about it so they would start the buzz going and they're really excited that we're doing it here too and it's at our cathedral church buzz. oh so. the big one the big one it's not really a cathedral but it was built to be one we love that we love we're cathedrals good. i take time machine or what's up that's i mean that's the only thing we got going on so can i address a controversy real quick Sure, the bumper thing, bumper everybody, gate, everybody, <laughs> bumper gate, twenty twenty. Everybody's so mad about me referencing the fact that I put the bumper in or don't put the bumper in. Listen, let me tell you what. Every listen, week, Regan, if that's really listen, your name, Regan, listen, which it is, because it is we his keep, real name. Yeah, everybody else who accuses me of of not putting the bumper in, I'll tell you what. Every Saturday at approximately eleven forty five p.m., I remember. <laughs> Oh no, the podcast has to go up tomorrow. And so, and at that point I make a decision, either I edit it that night or I wake up and I edit it in the morning. Either way, I got to go quick. And sometimes I I leave things in that I'm supposed to take out. Sometimes I add in extra things that aren't supposed to be there. Sometimes I'd forget to put the bumper in 
because the the in the file that I used to edit, I have the Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner one already loaded up, but I don't have the, the Hot Take Time Machine one loaded up. So I have to remember to grab it, copy it, paste it in. It's just a lot of work. And sometimes I'm just, you know. Do you like, have a template for the episode? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just. Just make a template for the episode and cut the three. We only have three segments. Cut the beginning. There's the beginning, then the song. Mm-hmm. And then there's the intro plus, then there's the intro. Then we have a, bra- a break. Hot take time machine, break, topic, break, Dr. Ethan's dating corner. Yeah. I Oh, I understand the the yeah. flow of the show. I've done many of them. But, yeah, but like you don't have a template for <laughs> well, it? Well, I have a template. The template just doesn't include the hot take time machine bumper. So you and don't have a template. I have a template for everything else. Ah, uh, yes. so you don't everything, have a template. Okay. <laughs> if you would like to edit the show every week at 11 Never mind. PM. I would not. Yeah, all right <laughs> then. All right then. I definitely want to spend time with my wife. Okay. No flex. Uh, <laughs> so... I just let me let me apologize. I'll put it in this week. All right, there you go. Right here. Here, and then you did it. Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine, the part of the show where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting. If you have a hot take five years or older. Send it into info at thecrunchcast.com. Patrick, let me hear that hot take. This hot take comes from Audrey. Shout out, or was it Aubrey? I don't, I'm so sorry. One I of those didn't names. copy the name. It's a, it's the, this, this hot take comes from the, the girl who used to do the Verify 2020 banners. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. So shout out. Uh, November 8th, 2015, two tweets. First one, eating cookies in traffic. And then the second one. <laughs> I said the whole tweet. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, first of all, that's two things. All right. You're eating cookies and tweeting Andy. in traffic, which Yikes. means no hands on the wheel. <laughs> okay. Maybe she found a way to like attach the cookies to the phone <laughs> so that she can be tweeting while also. And you're like, I didn't know this is what it meant when the website said accept all cookies. Okay. All uh, right. All cookie, right. And then the second tweet, cookies fell on the ground during traffic, but I'm still <laughs> eating them. <laughs> Shot and chaser. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's like, again, I can't help but think, is the cookie were the cookies on the ground related to the fact that you're also tweeting while driving? Right. So can I just imagine... Like you're in the on the highway driving at high speeds, you drop the cookie. You're de- you're like no longer looking at the wheel. You're down here. And you're on. You're looking for the cookies, and you're on your phone. Like man, I can't find these cookies. And then you pull up, and you're like, "What's everybody honking about? What's, 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 what's the, the deal? Big honking deal? With all this traffic? <laughs> what is the deal with all this honking? I'm very excited. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes, it. It it reminds me of that. It reminds me that Twitter five years ago was really just tweet whatever you want. What's whatever? What's happening right now? Give me yeah, an like in what, media res look into your life. Oh, you're eating cookies and in traffic. Great. Talk likes. about it. Yes. Content. It. Do you remember when Siri first came out? There was this feature where you could. They had they had Twitter and Facebook integrated into Siri, oh. where you could just say, "Hey Siri." Facebook this, which apparently is a verb. Oh my gosh, Siri just opened. Sorry, do it, I shouldn't do have it, done do that. It, do it. Facebook something. Facebook something right now. <laughs> Facebook something right you. now. I dare you. Or do it. hey, so and so. So they they used to have it where you could just 
Facebook and Twitter were integrated into the OS, so you could just straight up post from Twitter and Facebook right from your mm-hmm. phone. You didn't even have to open the app, which is crazy to me. That doesn't, doesn't that was a, that was a high watermark of technology before. There's no got reason for you to do that. There's but it's you great. don't. I love you it. used to like, your Facebook and Twitter used to be accounts that you could log into from the settings page on your phone, mm-hmm. so that you could tweet and post just directly from your phone. Yeah, no why'd app they get, needed. Why they get rid of it? And I don't know, like what. Does any is any I'm gonna cover the microphone. Is anybody really gonna say like, "Hey Siri, I need to send this tweet right now"? And who's gonna construct a, a well worded thought? Clearly, even the people who are driving and shouldn't be able to tweet still figure <laughs> out a way to do it right? without the Siri function. So the, the, this is this is proves that Twitter doesn't need an edit button because Twitter was made for stream of consciousness unedited thoughts. Yes, and that's where its success lies. The edit button would destroy so many things. I th- Absolutely. It's such a bad idea. Great. Thanks for the hot take. Absolutely. Good, good reminiscing on 2015. <laughs> You're welcome for finding someone else's content. You're welcome for welcoming you. So this one comes from December 16th, 2015. It's from Ethan Stevie Apropostle. It says, the fact that girls are learning about their self-worth from blog posts and not from the men in their lives is very sad. First of all, the men in their lives already have blogs. So <laughs> Four retweets, 34 You say likes. potato, I say potato. I know. Who was I trying to save? Who was I? Who was I? What was I? What, <laughs> was Odyssey, I what Odyssey online article did I see that I was like, oh, <laughs> this girl really needs me to help her Odyssey out. online. Heck yeah. I, I I loved Odyssey Online in college. How it much was, did you write on the Odyssey Online? Oh my gosh, maybe like five articles in a year, which is a lot for college because it's like it's like voluntary writing. I know. But the big the big thing at Franciscan was someone someone's post went quote unquote viral, as viral as it could go in <laughs> Twenty people shared it. Everybody saw it. Which is not a lot, but it was if Disney princesses were what Disney princesses would be in which household, uh-huh. and then someone did what Disney prince would be in which household. It was kind of it was it was like a, it was like a listicle, right? And so I did I did one I did one that was uh, which which household would all of these piles of garbage join? <laughs> and so I found I found pictures of piles of garbage. <laughs> And I was like, this pile of garbage says Fishers of Men. Like this pile of garbage says AMDG. And it was it was it was really funny. And then the punchline was for the servants of our savior, my two of my friends were in that that group, and instead of a pile of garbage, I put the actual picture of their household. So like that's, the guys that were in the household. That's funny. And uh, a lot of them hated me forever, which makes sense. That's great. But two of the guys that were in it, like they thought it was hilarious. <laughs> which pile of garbage? <laughs> which Disney princess? Which Disney princess? And then I and then I said, which uh, which what thing should you tell everyone you're giving up for Lent? Not actually, what should you give up for Lent, but what should you tell everyone you're giving up for Lent? Mm-hmm. I forget what that one was. And then I did a couple of actual serious Odyssey articles, but most of them were satire. Those I don't know are, if you know this, but yeah, Teresa has a standard like regular satire column in a publication on campus. It's like a, a, a independent student press thing that like mm-hmm. they. It's actually pretty genius. They know that no one's going to read the student newspaper, but they have this thing called the gauntlet where it's this basically a bright flyer and it's like in it's a news it's news columns and all this stuff and they just spread them around campus where people are just going to sit. And it's a piece of paper you can pick it up and read it and it's actually worthwhile content. And I it's it's much more it's much more fulfilling intellectually than I think the newspaper is. The newspaper is obviously good. 
in general, I don't want to knock the troub, but the troubadour. Good old. There was an article paper. about us in the troubadour. There was written by my friend Elisha. Shout out Elisha. The other day, I googled "crunch Ethan and Patrick" and clicked news to see if there was any results because <laughs> <laughs> I'm very narcissistic. You know, you could just do a Google News alert like I have for the crunch. And do Patrick you really Nettie. have a have a Google News alert? First of all, I have a Google news alert for my first and last name, for Patrick Nevy, for one of two reasons. One, because if I'm ever in the news, I want to know. Obviously, i got to get ahead of it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> if, you're, if you're finding out from Google Alerts, you are not ahead of it, just categorically. <laughs> and also, I want to know Very if my behind. doppelgangers, my doppelnamers, Pat Nevy and Patrick Nevy, I want to know when they die. For- hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Since the Belgian race car driver, Pat Nevy, mm-hmm. he died, which is sad. And oh. then the bodybuilder, Pat Nevy I was about Nevy to ask about Long the bodybuilder. Yeah. Uh, he is not dead. Okay. So that's good. I really believe I'm the only Ethan Stevie on the planet. So, which You're is You're definitely great. not. No, look it up. <laughs> is ethan stevie the only ethan stevie on the planet search <laughs> yes it's just me i did the little you know how many of there are you.com website it said there are one or fewer of ethan stevies in america and i said certainly not fewer because it's there's me baby i don't think there's anybody else all the stevies how common know, is the last name stevie it's it's so not common do you know wow. anybody with the last name stevie besides me no, that's true. Well, I mean, your entire family, but... <laughs> yeah, that's true. But they all come from the same gene pool. Gotcha. You know, like, we're all coming from the same village in Bavaria, you know? Like, I don't know. I don't mm. know where my family's from. I'm assuming they're from Bavaria because that's where Pope Benedict was from, and I would like to be neighbors with him, with his body. <laughs> Just do a topic, please. Get me out of this. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Welcome to the topic. I... <laughs> <laughs> So, I, uh, first of all, I want to start with a shout out to Brandon McGinley, the guy who we taught, the, the author guy we talked about a while back with the Prodigal Church. Yeah. Homeboy published two books in a year, which is tough. That's amazing. I picked up, I picked up his latest book. Man, that's almost as fast it as is Matthew right Kelly. Just. What? I said that's almost as fast as Matthew Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> What's his book Nobody, called? Sorry. I talked over it. It's called It Is Right and Just. Oh. He published it. He wrote it with Scott Hahn. What? Who? Pretty awesome. That's probably how you publish two books in a year as co-author. But yeah, I mean, I can I can definitely tell which parts are Dr. Han and therefore which parts are his because Dr. Han has like a very distinct writing style where he mm-hmm. he names all of his and references yeah. his own books. All yeah. of his chapters are puns. <laughs> yeah, all of the chapter titles are puns. But I, I I think I think it is right and just. It's a very it's a very like I'm gonna just go into a book review. It's a very short book. Yeah, it's simple. Oh yeah, which is which is good. It's it's in line with something. Uh, was something that Dr. Han told me, which is never, don't don't get don't put all of your ideas in one book, which is I think smart economically, but also he can treat one idea very exhaustively, and I think this book, if you we we talk a lot about post liberalism on this podcast, if you want to have kind of a good summary of why what post liberalism is or a good starting point, I think this is a good book to start with because it's about why the liberal idea of separating 
religion and society. So like we, we talk about the separation of church and state a lot, and I we wrote do. a whole essay on that. It's like a 10-page paper that I wrote. Put it I will in give, the description. I'll show it to anybody who wants to see it. Um, it I will, I will email it to people who want to see it because I'm submitting it to a magazine and I have to say that I never published it. So I can't publish it anywhere. Do I can you, send it to can you. Can you say which magazine? I'm trying to publish it to First Things. Oh! I'm trying to submit it to First Things, but... Um, if they don't accept it, I'll just submit it somewhere else. I did. I did get. I did get accepted. An article of mine did get accepted at America Magazine, which is kind of cool. Patrick's a it's Jesuit a short, now. It, I'm a Jesuit now. It's a short opinion piece, which is interesting. Can you tell me what it's about? So it's. A, I don't. No spoilies. No spoilies, because okay. you want to wait. I want to line up at midnight for this drop of America Magazine. Yeah, right. Like this is like Endgame <laughs> for me to read Patrick in a real publication. Well, it's going to be online. I'm. I. They said it could be in the magazine, but I doubt it will be because it's my first. Yeah, it's my first. Yeah, but anyway. So it's it's called it's it's called I I will never be represented by the president of the United States, Whoa. and it's about how as a devout Catholic, I by definition cannot be the president. So therefore, like you know, because if if I if I if the president needs to follow a party line, and because they need to follow a party line, they don't represent people who break the party line. And so that that essentially that's what it, that's that's the that's the. But I thought that Joe Biden was everybody's president. That's what he <laughs> said. <not> <laughs> hmm. uh, but yeah, that, that that's what it's that's what it's about. It it talks a little bit about. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about JFK. Uh, Elizabeth Brunig. We talked about her really great article on Catholic presidents, mm-hmm. the two that have existed. I think Joe Biden's presidency and the fact that nobody brought up his Catholicism at all is just. A perfect, a perfect uh, illustration of how much the country has changed in since the 1960s. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. Uh, we got off on a tangent. We were talking about postmodernism. We're talking about it is right and just the book by Brandon yes. McGinley and Scott Hahn. Send me a copy. Send me a copy. Send me a copy. So if you want, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to talk about the definition, of the separation between church and state. That's fine. If you, but the the real issue is not just the separation of church and state. The real issue is the separation of religion and society. That's the real separation. Wait, which one do we live in? We we live in both. We live in a. We live in a society, okay, but we okay. also live in a religion. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. That that's the point. That's the point of the book. The if point of the book is we live tax. in a society. The point of the book is that we live in a religion. That's okay. that's that's the that's the point. Everybody knows we live in a society. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. gotcha. Except for like two-year-olds. Sure. One-year-olds are totally woke. But once they hit two, they just forget. Everybody knows we live in a society. But the the lie of liberalism, and again, to under underscore this, everything after Thomas Hobbes is liberalism. Okay? It's like everything John Locke in America is liberal. and It's not conservative versus liberal. It's liberals and libertarians. The lie of liberal society is that it is an a-religious society. The argument of this book is that there is no such thing as an irreligious society or an a-religious society. Every society has a religion; it just depends on what it is. And even if, like our society, the 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 belief is you can believe whatever you want, that's still a religion because there's a doctrine. There's a fundamental doctrine that you can't you can't transcend. And the fundamental doctrine of illiberalism is there is one true religion. And it's a Catholic universal religion. It is the Catholic Church. And that's like a fundamental... 
paradigm shift for Catholics to make. They compare it to Stockholm Syndrome. They compare Catholics and liberalism to Stockholm Syndrome, where we've been held captive by liberal ideas for so long that mm. we're identifying with our captors. And I'm Makes like, that's that's, uh, that's a really awesome analogy. I love that. It is, Because yeah. you, you bring this up, and your your first instinct is, I can't, I can't say that. That's not right. People should believe what they want. People shouldn't believe what they want. They really shouldn't. People people believe in a lot of really stupid things. Yeah, people on the whole, not the brightest. Really, it's it's true, and it's like the 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 first one of the this this might alienate some of our listeners, but YouTube the other day came out with a uh, community standards guideline that said, "Hey, if you like, since in since we've kind of determined, since judges have started throwing out cases that you know." There wasn't election fraud. Is that still you, going on? Like, is that yeah? Still ha- no, oh it's my. it's it's really not. The okay, it's pretty much cut and dry now that the the claims that the the Trump campaign's lawyers were making were founded. Some of them, but the ones that were weren't substantial enough to overturn the election. So, like, the claims of millions of votes were unsubstantiated. The claims of like hundreds were substantiated but like some of them they're like going individually vote by vote in some of these cases where it's like well this this woman was her house was broken into and the thief filled out her vote ballot and <laughs> sent it in right. yeah something like that oh, boy. but it's pretty dedicated anyway uh, every little bit counts you know your vote matters oh, yeah, you so know, steal it from america but it. youtube came out and said hey if you if you post videos that that are talking about election interference uh we're gonna take it down and people were posting on Instagram, like, this is, this is, this is a, a violation of my free speech. I'm like, you don't have a right to misinformation. You don't have a right to believe what you want. You also don't have a right to publicly conjecture about something that you don't know about. That's not something that you have the right to do. And also, YouTube is a private company, and they can just... They can do whatever they, they want. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. With your... They can, they can take down videos for, you know, not being funny enough, which they should. I mean, um, can I just push back and say people do have a right to believe in whatever they want to believe? The, nobody has a right to be affirmed in their wrong belief. Yeah, okay, so I think I think what, what we need to talk about is what, what is a right? Sure. You have a yeah, responsibility like, to believe in the correct thing. Yeah, exactly. So you 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 have a you don't have a you have you don't have a right to you have a right to believe whatever you want if you're defining a right as ability. Okay. What is so a you right? have an ability. Yeah. So you no one no one can stop you. Sure. Right in that sense. Sure. Because they can't. You're yeah. in your own head. Right? right. Free will. But freedom and truth are intw- intertwined. And mm-hmm. if we separate freedom and truth by saying you are free to believe a falsehood, then we're saying essentially people are free to pursue a form of not freedom. You could say slavery, but that word's a hot button word. So if freedom and truth, which is what Veritatis Splendor is all about, if freedom and truth are so intertwined, then pursuing a falsehood means you're not free. Essentially, you're, you're, not, you're not free. You don't, you don't know the truth. You're not free. Um, and so in that sense, people are not free to believe a falsehood. That's Because fair. believing a falsehood is by definition unfreedom. Wow. Um, the reason I'm bringing all of this up. Dang. Is because I didn't I've, know that JP2 was on this podcast. That's all. Jumble the, the seconds on this podcast right now. Uh, Young, young, young people bumper. Young people bumper. <laughs> young people. Regan, Regan sent a whole, a whole like list of a bunch of, uh, a bunch of Polish sounds. <laughs> Polish sounds, and one of them, one of them was John Paulson going, 
You must go to sleep. <laughs> you must go sleep. <laughs> I put that Which I want to be my text ringtone now. Yes. <laughs> you must go to sleep. So I'm not bringing this up because I want to talk about election fraud. I'm not bringing this up because I want to talk about the relationship between truth and freedom. I want to bring this up because I, I came to the conclusion that all of the things that, I, that we, we talk about a lot of things in this podcast. We've talked about money. We've talked about the complementarity of men and women. Mm. We've talked about politics. We've talked about religion for most of it. Evangelization. Evangelization. I've come to the I've come to the conclusion that all of these things are connected. Which of course Whoa. religion and evangelization <laughs> all are connected, connected by our podcast. <laughs> They're all connected by our <laughs> podcast. But no no no. The the one article that I the, another the next article that I'm submitting, because I'm on a roll, is about the connection between justice and credit cards okay and we've ranted about credit cards before Mm -hmm. but i honestly think that my my objection to credit cards while it did come out of a place of first of all laziness and not wanting to deal with that hassle and then second of all like fundamental principles of i don't believe that that's a good way to use your money good seven percent mutual fund it's also (laughs) it's all it's also fundamentally tied to catholic social teaching and the catholic understanding of usury and economics Mm -hmm. and even even with even with complementarity of men and women, so that that's obviously like I found a way I connected it to post liberalism, right? I was like this this money thing is connected to post liberalism because in a post liberal society there shouldn't be debt. It's also connected to complementarity. What, what I what I was seeing in reading about the church and the state, the separation of church and state is very much like the separation of men and women. It's mm-hmm. very there's a lot of similar things. Like yes, these two things are distinct and they have different aspects about them, but they are fundamentally complementary. They 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 serve each other and they understand each other and they both have similar characteristics that make them blend. While they are opposite, they work together. Mm-hmm. And I I I I want I want to find I want to find first principles. Okay, because these things are all connected. The these these concepts are all connected and they're connected fundamentally at some kind of root. So the all these branches that we go off and we talk about evangelization, which is essentially, you know, bringing the gospel to other people and so bringing truth to other people, right? This is also truth. Like the, these truths need to be evangelized just as much as, you know, the the truth of the gospel does. Um and so I want to talk to you about like what are what are the first principles of post liberalism. Mm. So I just want to talk about that today. That's what I want to talk about. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the principles of post liberalism are. You're so like to, the, you're the, the, have first, the first principles better than that, baby. So gotcha. So like every every philosophy needs to have first principles. Yeah, it's. It's like it's what fundamentally makes it first of all different from other philosophies. So would it be something also, like like the individual takes priority over everything? Yeah, that's like a principle of liberalism. Okay. What's what that's about post liberalism? The post individual takes priority over everything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the post liberalism that like that that's 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 one of the first principles I guess. It's like the individual does First of all, it's a it's a it's a disaffirmation of the first right of of liberalism. So it means the individual does not take precedence over everything, but does it mean that the individual is last? No. What goes first in post liberalism? I'm not sure because like Can I would you say define post liberalism. Is this in the book? It's not in the book. Okay. 
the book talks about illiberalism, which oh, is like illiberal ideas. There are so many. There are so many. <laughs> illiberalism just sounds better than a liberalism so like liberalism is this is these certain beliefs i feel like i'm gonna fall over i'm leaning back so illiberal illiberalism is just not believing liberalism but post-liberalism is something you can actually put your put your uh put your you know hat in the ring with it's something that you can say i believe this system the structure right and it also the other thing that it does it's not pre-modernism which is like medieval pre-modern times where like people believe because we can't go back there those guys on twitter who have you know crusader crusaders in their bios who keep talking about like life was better when we had no toilets and um that they're wrong we can't go back to those beliefs but we can take what's it was good better, about liberalism. but not for that reason <laughs> it was better but not for that reason it, we, <laughs> we can't go back there because we've that's not how that's not how like that's not how the zeitgeist works. That's not how. It's also not how time works. Yeah, we we're, need to go forward into forward. Like how. How do we deal oh, with the so internet? You're, you're a progressivist. No, that's that's liberalism. <laughs> when you say things like "we have to go forward," all of the uh, my my mind just gets filled with hammers and sickles. Like that's just what I see <laughs> in front of my face. We must progress. The problem with Marxism is not the idea of progress he didn't invent the idea of progress the problem was that his idea of progress is was also violence and bloody revolution <laughs> yeah which makes sense if you only read history books from marx and then 200 years ago yeah before marx uh, which that makes sense but i mean christianity didn't conquer the west through a bloody revolution so i don't know what he's talking about but uh yeah so i guess liberalism is a lens through which you see the world, right? It's a magnifying glass or a microscope, and like that's a way that you can decipher things. Yeah. The way that liberalism sees economics, for instance, if the individual is if the individual is 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 supreme, then we this is how we look at economics. This is how we look at technology. This is how we look at religion. What is the post-liberal lens, right? And I think. As I talk about this, I think it's the incarnation. Okay. I think that has to be the first principle of post-liberalism. Okay. So when we are we're we're moving past this whole idea of the individual taking priority over everything, like we're 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 done yes. with that idea. We're moving past the separation of church and state. We're we're moving past this idea that progress solves everything like all of these things mm -hmm. we're, we're kind of done with are you saying yeah. that we're in a post-liberal society or are you saying that we need to get to a post-liberal society because i don't think we're in okay one. i'm no i'm saying i'm saying we're not in one okay i'm saying that we're, we're still definitely in a liberal society yeah, yeah yeah because progress is king whether whether that's a conservatives idea of progress which is just less liberal than liberals yeah or a liberal idea of progress which is just liberal liberalism yeah yeah, yeah. i i think i think that just a conservative I, I don't know if we talked about this but a conservative today mm -hmm. is a liberal 30, 50 years ago right, right you know right. just it's just i mean the thing the things that conservatives accept is just a given now for instance no fault divorce would be unthinkable 70 years ago right so the incarnation being God becoming man, mm. uh, founding the Catholic Church. Yes, doing some other stuff, dying, resurrecting. Um, 
this is the solution because, and maybe I'm misinterpreting you, but it removes this need for the individual to take primacy over everything because if God is real and became a person, then I don't have to be king anymore. Like there's there's somebody else who can be in charge yeah. of my life. There's somebody else who can be in charge mm-hmm. of society. There's somebody else who can dictate what actually is good and what is not good. Um, I no longer... There's have, finally a standard. There's a, Yes. I no longer have to separate church and state in the same way that it's always been separated because everything can exist in light of Christ. Everything can exist in light of God becoming man. And I no longer have to accept progressive uh, ideology as like the only way to move forward. I no longer have to accept like the LGBTQ stuff. I no longer have to accept abortion for everybody. I no longer have to accept all these things because I know that there is a higher truth that exists outside of time. I know that there's a higher truth that removes me from my particular moment and the the things that are going on around me. So I'm not attached to like what's going to come next. What's the next iPhone? What's the next marriage law that's going to get passed? What's the next abortion law that's going to get passed? Like we're no longer attached to those things. Mm-hmm. And that sounds or really, repealed or repealed. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yes. Because yeah. um, conservatives are just progressives, but backwards. Uh, <laughs> so that's great but nobody believes in jesus so <laughs> so what do we do i think it's a great I think, I, conceptually it makes a lot of sense to me it's a great idea it's a, it's a wonderful idea that combined with what we talked about last week about how the church is the solution to the to the to the deep blue church you know like the mm-hmm. the the media deep state that's existed for so many years <laughs> Like the church being the solution to the to the one way communication that exists now and the the hyper individualization of communication, like it makes sense that the incarnation is also the solution to uh, progressive society. But will anybody buy it? Is it are we just going to get more and more liberal and then everything explodes and then we never actually become post liberal? I mm. I I'm I'm curious what your thoughts are. Well, a fu- a fundamental shift. Of, of philosophy and just like human the idea of humanity in general what we would call an anthropology Whoa. happened with Descartes when he wanted to know everything with certainty and so he tried to you know say I can I can know that I exist and that's it with certainty I know that I exist and so I'm going to start every my first principle is a discourse on on method <clears throat> and is like he literally called it first principle was I think Therefore, I am. And so we have a very, not only anthropomorphic, anthropocentric idea where we're focused on mankind in general, but it's also, in the end, a focus on the individual. And Descartes wouldn't say that because he was a faithful son of the church, but he screwed up and he he shifted focus onto mankind and onto the individual as the nucleus of mankind. And so I think that set us up, that created like the, the philosophical scaffolding on which the the monolith of liberalism could be built. I'm like cranking out the big words. We I need really to are. calm down. We have a very Animorphs-based philosophy, you know? <laughs> Tobias really you know, messed up when he was a faithful son of the church. He was a faithful son of the church, but he stayed a hawk for too long. What was he thinking? He stayed a hawk for too long. And And then he went, and then he went native and then he wanted to stay. He didn't want to be a human anymore. 
No, he wanted to become an animal. I mean, I think I think I think honestly, Tobias is is emblematic of our regressive animalistic culture. It's Tobias is emblematic of original sin, and the draw totally towards uh, fulfilling our animalistic urges, including but not limited to flying like a red-tailed <laughs> hawk. Uh, so this this individualistic centric thing, I think that started the. Um, the focus on individualism. Anyway, it. I lost my. I lost my train of thought with the red-tailed hawk. Sorry, thing. but um, <laughs> no, it's fine. This is the podcast. I know. But the the bottom line is what that also changed, and this is my original point: was now we don't see the human person as something that needs to be formed. We see the human person as a complete act in and of itself, right? Already born and existing. That's why, and again, I don't, this is not a blanket statement. That's why things that you did in high school can get you canceled. Because, because you are who you are You for are your whole who you life. are. And, yeah. and now, again, obviously, sometimes these people don't apologize, which means that you obviously don't sure. see those things as wrong. But I'm, like, I'm thinking, like, if, if you brought up everything I did in middle school, I would be able to say, like, yes, I grew and I changed. Mm-hmm. But... Because this 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 is just a, this is just a, a this is just one symptom of the of the disease of seeing the individual as central, which is why we can say things like, "Well, it's my belief," because we see beliefs as something fundamental. We see moral codes as something fundamental that can't change. We see we almost see ourselves like angels in the sense that we made a decision once and we will never and never have to change our minds. Mm. And so I think one of the one of the first principles of 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 liberal of, of post-liberalism needs to be that human beings were made to grow. I mean, we see this with the the chastity movement, right? Like we we see chastity as something that you have and lose, not as something that you don't have and then grow in. You know, the chastity is like you if you if you if you look at if you look at a boob, you're done. You know, or <laughs> it's like it's like when you're a middle schooler, you might be doing that too much and you got to like, you might be a little too obsessed with sexuality. So you got to like learn how to tamper that so you can become an effective human person. Mm-hmm. And so I think a focus on virtue. Yes, that's what I was going to say. The focus on virtue and, and, and what virtue actually is needs to be defined because this, some, the fir- my first introduction to post-liberalism, the guy told me, he's like, our, our biggest point is that you can't ha- run a government without grace. And I'm like, that's really true, but who in the Senate right now, even the most Christian Bible thumping boys themselves, who is gonna who is gonna accept grace? I mean, honestly accept grace. Yeah. And I think the only way to prepare yourself, to prepare a society to receive grace, is to form them in virtue. And I think the two virtues that we need to form are prudence and justice. Because when grace is added to those virtues, they become faith and love. And those are the two things you need to form your society around. Truth and justice. Faith, love, prudence, and justice. I'm thinking about that uh, picture of Marco Rubio, where he has a little picture of John Paul II on his desk. And he's got his Mm -hmm. reading glasses on. He's got his legs kicked up. And he's reading from this book. And it's supposed like a churchy book. It's a Catholic book. But he's like clearly only opened like the dust jacket, like there's like the front cover page, and like he's not uh-huh. he's not reading like the book, you know, like it's just a photo <laughs> up. Um, so I was just thinking about that when you're talking about senators. <laughs> that's that that 
I want that picture it's, to be the cover art of this episode. It's very, like that is it's a very funny picture. Okay. That is the liberal idea of religion. Yes. It's something that can be on your desk and it's something that can be in your office. Right. But it's not something that can be on the Senate floor. Oh no. No, 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 no. Because then you're you're imposing your beliefs on me. Don't point don't point at me, sir. I don't like how the camera focused on your hand when you did that. Oh, it was boy. a solid photo. It op. is. It's pretty good. When you're talking about virtue, nobody's surprised that I think that virtue is the solution. I think virtue is. When you're talking about what a post-liberal society needs to be, the first principle needs to be uh, virtue leads to human flourishing, right? Like that's. Yeah. There's no. There's no other path to human flourishing. No. Which means any structure in our society that leads to not human flourishing needs to be gotten rid of. Right. Like incentivized vice in, in, in the market. Yeah. So there are lots of things like that, like what you were talking about, the market, greed. We're also talking about things that uh, advance unchastity as far as policy, things that advance um, envy, things that advance wrath and anger towards other people greed like obviously gluttony right the, you know it's like this super like oh just eat whatever you want have whatever you want deliver it to your door drink more alcohol look at me i'm sky vodka and i've got another commercial right on the tube um like <laughs> there's there's lots of things and, and not all of that is like a governmental decision but it's a societal decision of like these are the yeah. these are these are the baskets we're going to put our eggs in and they're named lust gluttony greed and wrath primarily you know like that's kind of not all of them not all of them are governmental things they don't have to be but we have to we have to recognize and this is this is like the most scary thing this is like one of the most illiberal things you can say is that the government has a responsibility to legislate virtue yeah like the common good in other words yeah like people talk about like oh you, you can't legislate morality you absolutely can, you can. and they and you do, do legislate all the time. morality don't murder you can't you don't can't steal. make a law yeah or it's okay it's morally permissible to that's the thing if you if you if you make a law that says it's morally permissible to kill a child in the womb you are essentially making a value judgment about an act yeah cuz it would be it would be in it would be more it would be insane for someone to believe that that's wrong and also think that it's okay to make it a law that it's okay but that doesn't make any sense you can't be privately one thing and publicly another that's inconsistent sure that's called duplicitous or another word is really good hypocritical hypocritical people don't like that word people don't like that word and so it's like we, we we say all the time that you can't legislate morality which is why you know the left says, "Oh, you can't, you can't define marriage this way. You can't, uh, you can't restrict abortion in this way." But then also, the right says, "You can't make this business practice illegal. You know, you can't, you can't legislate charity. It's just business, right? baby." You or or how the how people on the right frequently say that charity is not the government's job; it's the person's job. It's like you can't legislate charity. You can't, yeah, you can't, you can't make, make me make do us, charity. I'm gonna keep it. You can't for make myself. me pay taxes to pay for people's food stamps. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. they can, they can because do that. the state is the state is like a modern invention. The modern state is insane. It's just a behemoth of power, and that's not how it's supposed to be. But the society as a whole is supposed to have structures and rules in place. And again, this should probably happen on the local and state level, not the national, to make sure that people are virtuous. Because if the state requires that you pay taxes so that people on that your na- that, so that your neighbors can eat, 
Eventually, as a young 18-year-old, you will learn, oh, that's interesting. I'm not the only person that exists. Mm. And that's something that you need to learn. Yeah. If, if, if the state restricts you, say, okay, no, you can't marry another man. Um, you, you, you have to marry a woman. That will say to that person, okay, that's strange. There must be something about masculinity and femininity that are different and complementary. Mm-hmm. The, the, the structures of our society are instructive. One might and say when we deny that fact that we need to have a pedagogy. Sorry, pedagogy. I just wanted to use no, that word great. pedagogy. No, it's a great, it's a great word. Thank you. But yeah, so I think, I think maybe, maybe the, maybe the first fundamental shift that needs to happen is we need to see ourselves as growing, not as because the, 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 the principle behind individualism is supreme is another principle that says the individual is already complete. There's already an it's it's a it's a perversion of our integrity as a human person, saying that like yes of course we have integrity, we are integral to ourselves, but that's not a complete we're not complete until heaven and because the liberal conception has no conception of an afterlife because there is no afterlife outside of the state there is no life without the state the state is king, um, there is no conception of perfection outside of this life. Uh, I have two thoughts. Yes. The first one being that the moral argument is like the easiest and the most simple way to like convince somebody that God is real and that morality is real because a lot of people don't believe in objective good, but almost everybody Mm -hmm. believes in objective evil. And so if you say like, well, how come, how come God allows evil to happen? Be like, like what? Well, like a, like a hurricane killing innocent people on a beach or like a tight or a tsunami or something like that, killing Mm -hmm. innocent people. So it's like, so you recognize that the loss of innocent life is evil. So there must be something to measure that against, right? Like some, like, what would that be? Like, well, I don't know. So it's like, okay, so there's this some notion of good that you know exists outside of this particular situation, right? In the tsunami. Like, you know that it's- You have a yardstick. You have a yardstick. Like, you know that it's good for innocent people to not die, regardless of, like, if you can't bring up an actual material example of it. And- like that in and of itself proves that there is some kind of morality outside of individual actions and individual occurrences and individual situations. Like it's not Mm -hmm. subjective Um, and it has to transcend situations because if innocent life is okay to take in one place, then it's not okay to take in the other place. That would just be insanity. Like why would it be okay for a tsunami to kill innocent people, but not for the Nazis to kill the Jews? You see what I mean? So yeah, like you understand this, but also I just think it's a really helpful, like if we want to have better conversations with people, Every time somebody brings up, well, why would God allow something evil? Just be like, well, what is evil? And then that that can usually lead you back around to the fact that some kind of supreme this, good is exists, which will which is helpful in like all of these conversations. It's like, oh, that means that there's actually something that is good, and that means we have a responsibility mm-hmm. to orient everything towards it and not just operate based on what I believe at any particular moment or time. You can't have injustice without justice. And that's something that Anscombe talks about. She talks about how also the best Luther way King. to... Also Martin Luther King? Yeah. A threat to... An injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, is what he says. Nice. Yeah. Good, old, good old MLKJ. Yeah, love that guy. Love that guy. Uh, she, she talks about how the best way to define justice, because it's really hard for us to... She says that we can't even use the word moral anymore because we don't have a conception of objective morality. We can't even use the word justice because we don't necessarily have a unified term. Mm. But with the, the the point of unity, we all know what injustice is. Uh, we all know what injustice yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. 
We know what is unjust. We know what is imprudent. And so if we define a, a situation that's unjust or imprudent, we'd say, okay, well, what makes it imprudent? What would make that prudent? You know, like talking to your boss about a party you went to last night. That's imprudent. <laughs> Why? And it's it's like an application of wisdom. And putting the anyway. fire hose or it's putting the fire fire extinguisher all over the hallway. Right now, you have to put that in the beginning know, of the episode, <laughs> or or maybe I won't, and then everyone will be like, "What?" <laughs> it's just it's just it's, it's like your own joke. You you said you had two thoughts. What was the second one? Second thought was about virtue as a whole uh, in people's. I I really just I fully believe that if we reinstill what virtue means, it will solve a lot of problems because you have people all the way from the family level up to the up to the like the societal and governmental level of you know I'm I'm dating this girl you know and and you know we we have trouble communicating but like once we get married and start living together or once we once we get I mean we're already like sleeping together and we're already living together but like once we get married a lot of or once we have a kid you know a lot of those things will get worked out and it's like and that's a, we'll have a dog to practice and then and that's a a genuine belief that a lot of people have is that once x y or z occurs then this problem will cease to be a problem and yeah and that's that's the truth that's the belief of like marriage of like oh a kid will solve this this problem that we have like we don't get along you know in these things and a kid will help that or um once we're once we're, if you're catholic you know once we're married and we can have sex then you know like it'll everything will be okay you know <laughs> uh but or and oh on God. on the flip a friend side. of mine a friend of mine told a story about how when he got married he was like hanging out with his uh, his men's group that was like mostly a bunch of like evangelical very sheltered kids uh-huh. and one of the guys goes wait like he got engaged and the first thing that they, one of the guys said was like so like that means like you're gonna be able to have sex <laughs> and he was like yeah I mean that like come yes that's I mean you're not wrong uh-huh. but also I'm getting married, married. Like, that's just yeah, different like you know yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like if you go to it's, that's like if you're going to Olive Garden. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're gonna get to have breadsticks, <laughs> which is a thought that we all have. Uh-huh. But you know, Mama always said, don't eat too many breadsticks; or it's gonna spoil your dinner. <laughs> What's the dinner? <laughs> don't have in s- the metaphor. <laughs> uh, happy marriage. I don't know. Children. That's not true. <laughs> Eating too many. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the the moral of the story is, don't have too much sex; or you're gonna have children. <laughs> son, son, why do you have Parmesan all over you? Mom said she was making a reference. <laughs> but that, <laughs> but that, that's like that's like true it's 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 something that um you know i i when asked you know were they ready to get married it was very much like honestly i don't know but i do know that i will be more virtuous if i get married because i'm open to grow in virtue yeah and it's the same way well, that's different kids. Yeah. it's like am i ready to have kids no i don't know but what i do know in a knowledge sense, because we talk about from the beginning of fear of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? The gifts of the Holy Spirit are a ladder. A lot of us are at the, the fear of the Lord stage or at the piety stage or at the knowledge stage. Like I know what is wise, but I don't know how to make wisdom myself. You know, wisdom is, is the application of truth to particular circumstances, like Augustine says. And so I like have the knowledge that having children and growing a family and like being dedicated to my family is good but i don't yet have like the understanding that 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 is good for me you know i don't yet have the understanding of like i know that's good and i desire it fully right like obviously i desire kids i desire family but there's still that fear that like holds me back Mm -hmm. of like 
what if it get what but but what if, what if i want to read a book and the baby cries i have to go deal with the baby you know like that that's that's like honestly a thought uh-huh. that your sinful mind has but if you think of yourself as a complete act you'll go i don't want kids yeah i don't want kids and a lot of people think that way because they don't see themselves as i will eventually come to the point where i want children or i will eventually come to the point where i want to not look at pornography mm-hmm because they see, or I'll eventually get to the fact where I don't want to eat two or eat two dozen Oreos in one sitting. They don't. They don't think of themselves in that way mm-hmm. because they don't see themselves as beings that could grow in virtue. Yeah, not just grow, but grow in virtue. Nobody tells them that they can. It's all. It's it's really just like this this weird notion of get better, get good, get good. As Ninja would say, get good, and that's it. Like if you're if you're not good at the sport, just hustle, just grind. You know, like. And that's kind of the. If you're not rich, just invest in real estate. If baby. you're if you're not rich, borrow just, other people's money just and quit and being buy poor. Like that's kind of the the mindset. But that doesn't apply. Like that applies to to sports, and it applies to like th- like tangible things. It does not apply. Not even really, not even it really. Even really apply. It, like because I can hustle practicing basketball, but unless I know what I'm doing, it's gonna like I'm not gonna be that good. So like. It, perfect practice makes perfect it doesn't apply to the moral life in any sort of way yeah. um and so pretending that like oh eventually the politicians in this country are going to pass strict abortion laws if you the constituents are never going and praying in front of abortion clinics no never going and serving young mothers never adopting children like all of these things that are or if you keep voting for candidates who promise it and keep, then never deliver keep voting for candidates who promise it and never deliver or keep voting for candidates Speaking of who never delivering keep keep voting for candidates who promise to actually advance abortion like this, you know, like there's, it goes both ways. Um, but like, unless you start to live differently, the societal virtue will never begin. So like it starts with the individual starts with the family starts with the community. And then, you know, eventually it'll, it'll build, but like that's, it's on each of us to actually create the post liberal thing that we want to do, you know? So virtue is the key to all of this, as George Lucas said. (laughs) <laughs> as jar jar said so we're coming down to dr ethan's dating corner dr dating corner but in in summary oh yeah sorry, the sorry. first principle is that we can grow in virtue yes and we need to yes it's like human the society should be ordered so that we can grow in virtue i think that's a really good way place to stop okay dr ethan's dating corner yes You came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. Catholic match question here. Hello. That's my that's my neck of the woods. Yeah. So, <laughs> I like how I started writing for Catholic match after I got married. How long should messaging back and forth continue before someone, the guy, hopefully. That's what she said. Um <laughs> Sorry. Suggest we can call, FaceTime, or meet up for the actual date. I could be patient, but I'm, I feel like that was never mind. I <laughs> what? Um, nothing. I'm sorry. You're I, yourself I, up. Before the guy suggests we call, FaceTime, or meet up for the actual date, I can be patient, but I'm not going to message back and forth for weeks on end with a guy I actually haven't met. Sometimes I think that people are just using the platform for attention. And a semblance of connection without much direction towards real dating. What do you think? God bless. I think that's exactly what people use Catholic Match for. 
I don't even think it's a question. It's like, are, you are there people? Like- step one, are there people that are lonely? Yes. Two, does the internet exist? Yes. Three, sorry. In- information superhighway. I know. <laughs> Surfing the net, looking for attention. Attention. Why do you think we started this podcast? We wanted the internet for attention, and we already had girlfriends. And we have a hundred people in our Facebook group to prove how worthy of attention we are. Welcome to the freaking party. Okay. How long should it be? I don't like this question just because I hate the whole, like, how long should I go before I kiss a guy? How long should I go before we... How long should we go before we go steady? Like, it's it's a it's a case-by-case case basis. How long should you go before you kiss? At least five minutes. Like, a minute, d- like I can say with certainly do not do kiss not him kiss within the first right ten away. minutes. Um, <laughs> but it's like, there's no... This is why people people think that, like, because that we're, it's the Catholicism that Aquinas wrote some, like, said contra on this you know like this is the, yeah. the first part of the second part of the summa theologiae question 42 you know subsection three <laughs> you how long should i wait before i text how long back? should i wait before i text back how long should it be before i call on the contrary you should never like that doesn't exist anywhere like this is <laughs> th- what you are experiencing right now is real life with real people if somebody's not calling you leave them alone like don't talk to them like if it's if it's if you get to a certain point where you're having fun talking and they never make that next step and you don't want to keep going just cut them off just just get away like canceled baby it can't cancel them i i don't think that you should set an arbitrary time limit and say if they don't call me by two weeks then it's over but i do think you should set a time limit within your soul and be like if i get over this i'm done like just be just go you can also just tell the guy like hey I'm ready. I'm I'm here to date. Like, make sure that's like one of the first things that you say. Like, I'm looking for a dating relationship. Because if you're just hey, and he's like hey, then like nobody's gonna make a move. You know, like you have to make it clear. Like, either ask me out or we're done, kind of thing. So it's a little bit on you. It's a little bit on everybody to just get it together. I don't know. What what do you have any other thoughts on that's that? That's great. Okay. I I have no thoughts. I think on you're that. doing a great job, but that there's no real rule about that for a good reason. I'm I'm skipping I'm skipping one of these. Okay. But we'll, we'll bring it up next week. Cool. Uh hey. Hey. I wanted some dating advice from the SOG. Shout out the SOG, but they were too intimidating to ask, so I guess I'll ask Dr. Ethan really, and assistant nurse Patrick instead. That's really annoying. X-ray technician Patrick instead. JK. Anyway, I wanted to bring up romance and attraction with a guy friend. I have a feeling for him, and we have discussed deep topics that I have with lots of people, but... Can I guess the age of this person? (laughs) But I think he has feelings for me. I am still praying about the relationship and its prudence, but I want to know what he is thinking. However, last time I did that, the friend said he didn't want to date, and then he asked me out a week later. I don't want him to do that. Should I ask my other friend what he thinks? Should we just converse over text, or should I just ignore it? Thanks. Man. Uh... We don't have an age, so it's really hard to say. Uh, just a reminder to everybody who submits a question to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, unless you tell me how old you are, I can't give you good advice. Also proofread, because when I read your typos, it like automatically knocks three years off your yeah, age. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, the, so she likes this guy, and she thinks the guy likes him, and they talk about deep topics, and she doesn't know what to do now. Yeah. So she has feelings for him. They talk about deep things. Um, talk about deep topics. We have discussed deep topics that I have presumably have discussed with lots of people. But I think he has feelings for me. Uh. I'm still praying about the relationship, mm. prudence, and all that. But I want to know what he is thinking. 
However, last time I did that, meaning asked him, I guess, the friend said he didn't want to date, and then he asked me out a week later. Okay. (laughs) I don't want this guy to do that as well. So should I ask my other friend what he thinks? gosh. Or should we converse over text? Or should I just ignore it? Bad sh- none, none of the above. None of these D, are good. None of the above. Patrick, what is what is it called? Communication. Yes, it's called communication, baby. It's called it's, communication, it's baby. It's in the bumper every week for people just every like week, you. Every week, and you guys keep being like, what? What do we do? What is it called? What do do? It's called communication. It's called do communication. we have to put it on a sticker? Because we will. <laughs> we'll get, if you give $10 a month to Patreon, you'll get a free exclusive sticker. That's not for sure. We just talked about our pre-show. That's a, you'll get an exclusive sticker that says it's called communication based. I don't want to clown on this question asker. No, me either. However. <laughs> <laughs> but I will if I have to. If I have to. No, 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 no listen. You're in a tough spot. We get we it. Get We've it. been there. We're, although we I, were not the girl in this situation. We were the guy that she didn't know whether or not they liked. <laughs> if, 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 it's, if you think that he likes you and you have no way of finding out, I would just say, hey. I have feelings for you. Do you have feelings for me? And if he says yes, great. Wait 10 minutes and you can kiss him. If he says no, <laughs> if he says no, say, cool. This doesn't affect our friendship at all, unless it does. I'm, I'm still glad mm-hmm. to be your friends. I want to keep talking about deep things. And then you have to, this is the key, Patrick. This is what does everybody forget? They forget to let it go. They, they, they hold on. Maybe one day. You can't be that. You can't be that girl. The maybe one day girl. Yeah. Sitting in the library drawing pictures of the guy that you like. Please don't do that. Did you ever <laughs> have one of those girls? About me? Yeah. I did have one. I did have one kid that liked me. Kid. It was I, a girl. Okay. I would I would go into the library all the time and kind of go through the recycling bin and find just dozens of pictures of me, which was strange. How did you know they were pictures of you? Because they looked like me. What do you? How do you know a picture is a? So, you? so the only people that were in love with you were like perfect artists. They all looked exactly like you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, kinda, I, I, I kind of have the that. Porky, not like most girls' artist guy. They they had like the long sleeves, you know, on their sweater where they like held them down over their hands, uh-huh. and like they had the little thumbs so you could like stick them out. Yep. And they would like chew on their hoodie strings, and they'd say "Raw" means "I love you" in dinosaur. That was the girls that liked me. That was the girls that I really liked, but never wanted to admit to anybody. Yeah, I was I was all I I like I I pretended to like never shout never for years just to date those girls and it never I worked. listened to one red jumpsuit apparatus song just to talk to a girl one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the life that I lived. I got really into a day to remember just to just to meet a girl who always wore a hoodie. That's all that I wanted. Wow. I know. And she wore wow. vans. And you go, "Hey, I love that what song." What was I thinking? What? Mm-hmm. They're like, "Hey, I love that song." I love that, that song. song. I love that song on your hoodie. What are you talking about? One time, Nothing. one time, I listened to rap music to fit in with my mostly African American classmates. It didn't work, Patrick, but they appreciated the effort. They, did they really appreciate the effort? Yeah, they thought it, they thought I was being. They thought I was. They thought it was really funny uh-huh. how I tried really hard yeah. to listen to Lil Wayne and Eminem, but they were like, "Good, good fine." Like, <laughs> yikes! My friend Keisha, whose name was spelled exactly like Kesha, but it was not pronounced the same way. Uh, she she was like, "Yeah, that song's been out forever," and I was like, "Dang it! I thought it was a new one." <laughs> I, did, I like referenced a song that I thought was new and they were like, no, it's not. I new. did this recurring like, joke for years on Twitter where I would always tweet like every couple of months. I said, you guys all ever heard all Millie by Lil Wayne. This is new song. <laughs> and it never like nobody ever got it. Like nobody ever strung together. Like I was trying to plant seeds for like months and months and months to like let everybody yeah. know that I thought that all Millie was perpetually a new song. Which I thought was <laughs> so funny, but nobody else. That is really nobody funny. Nobody else thought it was funny, but you can go back. To you should have picked like a less 
immediately recognizable song. Yeah. So like that, so people would think like maybe you were just ignorant. So they would respond, you know, because that's like obviously you're being wrong. Right. Because it like came out in two thousand who posted. Yeah. Yeah. So like that one friend of ours who posted a uh, a, a cast iron skillet in the dishwasher. And he posted, he commented, he captioned it with, with I love doing, I love doing uh, random acts of kindness for my, my girlfriend. Yes. That and was the funny. the tweet went viral and everyone was super pissed. Was it was so, so good. That was so funny. I remember that. It was that. so funny. Dang. That's like, that's like, that's like classic, classic Twitter. That's what Twitter is for. Yes. Okay. Making people mad on purpose with something that doesn't matter. Um, but that's what you should have done. You should have posted like, oh, have you heard about this new, this new artist, um, someone who's like coming up so maybe like i don't know if you if a couple years ago you posted about khalid you know that would who's really i don't i don't even know that who that is now oh that's because right, you don't work with high school no i don't <laughs> uh i was anyway that's 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 all for folks that's i got nothing else uh podcast.com forward slash crunch um yeah hit us up on podcast.com <laughs> uh you can you can uh never mind i'll save that for the <laughs> Join our Facebook group. Join our Patreon page. Yeah, try to f- and then join our Patreon. Facebook. Try to form a post-liberal society, and keep make sure that you know. One thing that I want you guys to know is that we're Christians, so we do accept Christmas gifts. Um, <laughs> Patrick, is there a PO box? <laughs> is there a Crunch PO box? And Ethan is Jewish, so he accepts eight. That's uh... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Jewish. <laughs> we don't have a Crunch PO box. No, we don't have a crunch if you PO really, box. You can just send it to my office. You can send it to my house. <laughs> send me, if you're a patron, what you have to do in order to send us a Christmas gift. One, join us on Patreon. Two, send me a message. Ask for my address. Three, send me a gift. That's like weirdly close to selling your address. <laughs> four. <laughs> four, I may or may not share it with you. Are you going to start selling? Never mind. Uh, all right, that's all. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Join us next week where we join... Miranda, Nathan, and Jerry for the iCarly reboot. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you, and we'll see you all next week.